Welcome to the B Block Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Scott. I appreciate you for joining me. Where do the Texans go from here after firing Bill O'Brien as the head coach and general manager? What do the Texans do now? What does their future look like? I think for a lot of people, it's both surprising and not surprising to see Bill O'Brien be fired as the head coach and general manager. Perhaps a little more surprising that he'd be fired as the head coach than the general manager. The moves that he's made over the last couple of years, along with executive vice president of football operations, Jack Easterby, mind you, who is still around. But the moves that this pair has made over the last couple of seasons makes it not surprising at all that they would be fired, that at least one of them would be fired. And if that if one of them would be fired, that both of them would be fired. But Bill O'Brien certainly being the face of these offseason moves the last couple of years, it is no surprise that he would lose his job given the polarizing nature of those moves, the shock of the, the unconventional nature of those moves, the shock of them and the fact that the early returns on them are as bad as they are. Bill O'Brien as the head coach has been pretty successful. Four AFC South titles in five seasons, you would think that someone like that would have a little bit more of leeway, a little bit more of a leash. But what this ultimately comes down to, and I said this Monday night after this whole thing went down, what this ultimately comes down to is the fact that Bill O'Brien could not afford to take a step back. Bill O'Brien could not afford to take a step back, take a step back whatsoever. That was not an option. People are asking, well, why would you do this now? How is it that an 0-4 start could lead to Bill O'Brien's demise after he's had this much success as a head coach and there is a clear buy-in into the decisions that he's made? Bill O'Brien didn't get to make these decisions on his own. These decisions had to be cleared by ownership, by Cal McNair, by the very person that has now fired him. So how is it that if there was buy-in into what he was doing up until this point, that somehow Bill O'Brien could not at least survive a poor start? But the fact of the matter is these moves were made to take a step in the opposite direction from what they have from what they've gone so far. So it's not just that the Texans are 0-4. It's not just that they have lost the first four games in a season where they're scheduled to go against the defending Super Bowl champions and the Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are on a resurgence with Ben Roethlisberger back in healthy. It's not just that they lost to three really good teams and a team that maybe they should have beaten at home but it's the way that they've looked doing it. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. Um, They're decent against the pass, but, I mean, why pass against this team when they show no resistance up front and you can run all over them? As far as their own passing game, which is supposed to be the strength of the offense with a $100 million quarterback and an offensive-minded coach who worked with Tom Brady and all of these things, who was heralded for his offensive mind, supposedly, and you've never had a top 10 or a top tier offense since you've been here. Like these are the things that add up over time. These are the things that compile over time. Now it's a fair criticism to wonder how did they even get to this point? It's fair to wonder how is it that they got to this point and did not notice the, the ownership, whoever's in charge, whoever's 
making the decisions and paying close attention to these things? How is it that they made it this far and did not realize that these moves were not wise? What did they think exactly was supposed to happen when you trade away your best weapon, arguably your best player, period, your best offensive player, no doubt, and the best player on the team, DeAndre Hopkins, who on the Texans right now, and we can include the quarterback in this discussion, who in the Texans on the Texans roster right now is better at their job than DeAndre Op than DeAndre Hopkins is at his? I don't think that you can find that person, even with a hundred million dollar quarterback, even with JJ Watt, who's the greatest player to ever put a Texans uniform on. None of those guys are as 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 good at their job now as DeAndre Hopkins is. And you let a guy like that get out of the door. How did ownership think that this was going to go? That is a fair question, a fair critique, and it is fair to question and wonder what direction this team is headed in. Is the move to fire Bill O'Brien in and of itself an indicator that ownership completely gets it? That's a fair critique. But again, the fact of the matter is, is that Bill O'Brien could not afford to go backwards. I think that it was one thing for O'Brien to maintain the status quo. And it is true that O'Brien has had enough success as a coach in this league. And with the Texans, he has had enough success to be able to tread water and to be able to maintain the status quo and justifiably keep his job. And so if you ask the question, I saw, I think I saw pro football talk tweet Monday night that what, what was Bill O'Brien supposed to do? Well, the way Bill O'Brien was going to keep his job and see this thing through, he mentioned uh, in, during the off season, maybe sometime around draft time to us that he wanted everyone to just see it through. Let it all play out. Look a couple of years down the line, two, three years down the line, and let it play out. Well, in order for Bill O'Brien to still be around to see these things play out, he had to, at the very least, maintain the status quo. They had to at least maintain some level of mediocrity that allowed him to tread water and see this thing through. What they could not afford to do was go backward. And 0-4, it isn't just 0-4 that's going backward. But again, it is the product on the field and the way that it looks when you go backward. I mean, you break this thing down from position to position. Okay, let's go back to, let's start from the beginning with Jadevian Clowney. You let Jadevian Clowney go, and immediately, you know, there's this criticism about Jadevian Clowney not get enough sacks and he's not really a bona fide pass rusher. Well, what happened once Jadavian Clowney left or once Jadavian Clowney was sent out, the Texans pass rush plummeted without JJ Watt minus JJ Watt, his presence and what he opened up for players around him. They had no other playmaker who stood out in that way. And there's not anyone who could have watched the Texans in 2019 and argued that they could not have used Jadevian Clowney. Jadevian Clowney also very, very well known to be good against the run. The Texans run defense is horrible. They cannot defend the run to save their lives right now. Jadevian Clowney would help in that. And if you go back there, the issue with that was that 
if they didn't want to pay Jadevian Clowney what the league apparently decided he was not worth, you know, there was a clear disconnect between what Jadevian Clowney thought his worth was and what the league thought his worth was. But at the very least, the Texans had him under the franchise tag and should, and should have played him under the franchise tag at the very least through 2019. The fact that they didn't was, especially in retrospect, seems like malpractice. You fast forward a year later, the run defense still isn't very good, and you have not found a player that is adequate enough to replace Jadevian Clowney, even up until this point. You keep going, and you fast all, you fast forward all the way to the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Well, you've replaced him essentially with Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, but you've overpaid for Randall Cobb. You've given him an amount of money that no one else, it seems like, would have paid for Randall Cobb, and you have nothing close to a number one wide receiver. And then you think about the fact that the Texans can't run the ball, and they traded DeAndre Hopkins for one of the top-paid running backs in the league. That is inexcusable. The investment in the offensive line, Laramie Tunsil, that may go down as one of his – <laughs> one of his more conflicting moves because it improved. I mean, you signed a really, really good player, but you also mortgaged the franchise for that player. And to what end? It did not improve the offensive line significantly. Like the improvements to the offensive line that many folks who follow the Texans anticipated just did not come to fruition or has not come to fruition four weeks into the season. So, you combine all of these things. None of these moves have worked. The only, literally, the only move, and we haven't mentioned. I didn't have not mentioned DJ Reader, who was someone I think toward the end of the 2019 season, the, and as well as DJ Reader played last year, knowing that he was going to become a free agent. I think a lot of us have become resigned to the fact that DJ Reader was not going to be here in 2020. But in retrospect, that. It, it, it seems like that was an investment that they needed to make. If stopping the run and defending the run was going to be this difficult without DJ Reader, or if there was any way to anticipate that it would be this difficult without DJ Reader, then it was paramount to bring him back to sign him or to adequately address that, that issue in that area. And the fact of the matter is they've just let way too many good players go and not replace them with adequate players, that there was no way that this thing could continue to go on the way that it has. Now, I think that I think a thing that can't be overlooked here is that after this Vikings game, people talk about the timing and why now, and does it make sense to do this now? You have to look at the fact that after this Vikings game, you had a clear crisis in leadership. You had a clear crisis in leadership amongst this team. Notice the way that J.J. Watt, the best player to ever put on a Texans uniform, notice how he said whatever the Texans were doing wasn't working and something needed to be different. And we wondered in real time. I was in on that conference call, on that Zoom conference call. We wondered in real time, what did he mean by that? And of course he wouldn't call for his coach to be fired publicly. Of course he wouldn't publicly call for that, not by name. But that's kind of what he did. We had a clear crisis in leadership. That's kind of what he did. 
Listen to him here. JJ, at this point now, obviously uh, not where you guys had hoped for. Where does this team go from here to try to climb out of this big hole? Uh, we obviously have to do something different. Uh, we are on four. Whatever we're doing is not working. Something needs to change. Something needs to be different. Um, that we just, but the only thing that I know I can do is work hard, control what I can control, work harder, be better at my job, do better at my job, um, be better at my gap, make more plays, get off a double team, get a sack, get a turnover, get a takeaway. I'll control what I can control. John McLean. AJ, how frustrating is it to go four games in a row without forcing a turnover? Extremely. Can you elaborate? It is very, very frustrating. you have any suggestions about it? I mean, you guys, you know you're trying to do everything you can. If I had them, I would do it. That's not, I'm not saying that your question's a bad one. I'm just saying if I knew the answer, I would implement that answer. Mark Berman. JJ, when you, when you hear they had drives of 56, 72, 75, 73, and had 162 yards on the ground, how did those numbers hit you? Not good. Not, not going to win you many football games with numbers like that. Um, have to fix it. Like I said, we're 0-4. What we are doing is not working. It needs to be fixed. Brandon Scott. What needs to change from your vantage point, from your perspective? What What do you think it is that needs to change for you guys to turn it around? Uh, I, I control what I can control. Like I said, I got to play in my gap better. I got to make better tackles. I got to get to the quarterback and get the ball out. I got to get strip sacks. Uh, I control what I can control. So you see there where I try to get J.J. to explain himself, and he doesn't exactly do it. I can't say that I blame him, but the writing appeared to be on the wall after that. At the very least, it seemed that Bill O'Brien maybe had lost the locker room. I don't think we had any indication of that before that moment with J.J. Watt. I think that through all of these controversial moves, even with that glimpse of a reaction from Deshaun Watson right after DeAndre Hopkins was traded, and if you remember, his personal quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, posted a video on social media with the two of them reacting in just clear disbelief. No words or anything like that, just clear disbelief on their faces after a workout, finding out about this trade. That was the closest that we'd seen to negative emotion about these moves. But we hadn't seen any clear indication that Bill O'Brien had lost the locker room until that moment. And then you go and find your quarterback, Deshaun Watson, who struck a totally different tone than what J.J. Watt struck. Both of them were clearly frustrated. Both of them were clearly upset and not happy with what was happening, but they had totally different perspectives on it in terms of the messaging. And my view of of it is just that an inconsistent messaging between your leaders from your leaders like J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson shows that something is wrong at the top. That's not to, to say that having a good coach or a successful coach or the right coach means that Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt are necessarily going to agree on everything or see everything 
through the same lens, but I think it was an indicator of the overall chaos, of the overall dysfunction and disjointedness of what was happening. And just a clear indication that not only was it not working, but there was no clear sign that it was going to work. Uh, a coach speak that you'll hear a lot of times is we're, we're, we're in the right direction. We're headed in the right direction. This is a step in the right direction. Um, we would hear optimism. We saw good signs from this thing or that thing that happened. There were, there were some positives to take away. Well, there weren't many positives to take away from what was happening in 2020. Um, it's fair to question, why would you wait now? Why, how is it that you did not see this happening before? How did you sign, on all, sign off on all this in the very beginning? Are you trustworthy if you believe that this plan to begin with? That's fair to question, but if you did buy in, if you were sold this bill of goods, it could not have been more clear. It could not have been clear based on how 20, 2020 started, these first four games for the Texans, that this was not going to work, that this was not the answer, that the Texans under Bill O'Brien had reached their ceiling, they had reached their breaking point. And again, Bill O'Brien, status quo, treading water, maintaining the way that it had been, that could have worked for him. That could have saved his job possibly through this season and it maybe even next season. Backing your way into the playoffs, 8-8, eight and eight, mediocrity, that could have worked. Taking a step back, no. He could not afford to take one step back to take two steps forward. Not with the nature of these moves. Cal McNair during the offseason called them bold moves. And I thought that was a curious way to, to, to describe it because a lot of us thought that they were absurd, ridiculous, silly, idiotic. Cal McNair described them as bold. And I think now, based off of the results here, we know what he meant by that. Bold moves that you don't get a lot of time to see progress. You don't get a lot of time to see where was the logic in this. It's very clear that David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins, that's, that is NFL malpractice. You cannot keep your job after that. That is the lesson to learn from all of this, that – when you make these moves, you better be right immediately if they're unconventional and they don't make sense at the time. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. I think that's exactly what we're seeing with what happened with Bill O'Brien. Where do they go from here? I think that's a fascinating question because it is still not clear that there is adequate leadership, that there is responsible leadership I don't even want to call it responsible because it's not like the McNairs are irresponsible. The direction, what the team, what the organization is about, what they stand for in terms of football, not like morally, not like the type of guys that you want to bring in. Like I give you the benefit of the doubt and assume that you're good people and that you want good people in your organization. But what is your football acumen and what is your ability to Field a good team. The entire organization has to prove that at this point. 